0: for Junior Church at this time. We need the Lord every hour, every minute. I certainly need the Lord right now as I attempt to open up God's Word and proclaim these truths to our hearts. So we need the Lord even in these moments. In light of that, will you please turn with me in your Bibles to John and chapter 14. As you turn there, last week we heard that Jesus sends his disciples on the Great Commission. It started with 11 guys, and Jesus said to the 11, take this message to the whole planet. And Jesus said, and behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, that's a powerful offer. Jesus says, I'm going to be with you until the mission is accomplished. And then he ascends into heaven. He leaves. But we're not alone. He has not left us alone. He is with us spiritually, powerfully, permanently, lovingly. He is the one building his church. He has not left us. He has ascended to the right hand of the Father. He's interceding for us. He has not left us. But more than just that, we have the Holy Spirit. If you're newer to Christianity, we believe that God is triune. He exists as one God in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Last Sunday, we had a baptism. We baptized Cameron into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Many people are familiar with the idea of God the Father. If you asked the average stranger, what do you know about God? They would probably say what they believe about God as a father. But then you have God the Son and the Holy Spirit. We claim that Jesus Christ was not only a human being, but he was fully God. The Son of God. And so many Christians are familiar with the Father and the Son. But what about the Holy Spirit? Well, in our church statement of faith, which we began looking at today, point number seven declares what we believe about the Holy Spirit. And if you have your bulletin, it's on the back of your bulletin at the bottom. In our statement of faith, we declare, we believe that the Holy Spirit indwells, regenerates, seals, sanctifies, convicts, teaches, and empowers believers. And so today, as you'll see with the slide, we're starting week one of a five-part sermon series looking at the glorious gift of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And today we'll focus on that first verb in our statement of faith, the Holy Spirit indwells. The Holy Spirit indwells. Let me pray first and then We'll look at John 14, where we'll see this glorious truth. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your Son, and thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit. Thank you that he lives in us, that he indwells us, that even as we sit one person to a chair There is more than one person on the chair because the Holy Spirit is on the chair with each of us because he lives in us. Thank you that we are never alone. Thank you that as we receive your word from you, we do not have to interpret it alone because your Holy Spirit will help us. Help us feel your presence, not just around us, but help us feel your presence in us by the power of your Holy Spirit and teach us this morning and in the coming weeks from your word about the glorious gift of your Holy Spirit. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Well, John chapter 14, we'll be looking at verses 15 through 17. These verses are reprinted on the back of your bulletin if you need them. John 14, starting In verse 15, let's hear the word of our Lord. Jesus is speaking If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. What a promise. What a gift. We could talk forever about the indwelling Holy Spirit and not exhaust the glorious riches of this truth, but we've got two points this morning. The indwelling Holy Spirit is first a helper and second a presence. The indwelling Holy Spirit is first a helper and second a presence. If you want help thinking about who the Holy Spirit is and what he does for you, think of these two things today. He is a helper and a presence. And this indwelling Holy Spirit is a blessing to be received by faith. So this morning, let's Learn about the Holy Spirit and then receive him by faith. First, the indwelling Holy Spirit is a helper. He's a helper. Raise your hand if you have never needed help. And if you raise your hand, then you need help. What we see in Scripture is Jesus is building his church. And every time something good happens for his church or his people, Jesus is the initiator. Jesus starts. Jesus pursues. Jesus initiates. Jesus loves first. Jesus gives and we receive. This is the pattern. He does and we receive and then we respond. Jesus forgives, so we receive his forgiveness and then we go and forgive in his name. Jesus heals, and we receive his healing, and then we go into the world and heal in his name. And so our verses this morning can come as quite a shock if we forget that pattern in Scripture that Jesus always does it first. Look at verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask. Stop there. Taken out of context, we could come to a verse like this and read it like this. I guess I have to love well enough and obey enough commands well enough and then Jesus might decide to give me some help. And be honest, that's what some people believe about God and how he helps us. I guess if I'm good enough, maybe the Lord will help me. I've dug a ditch for myself and jumped in. I better start building my way out and if I do well enough, maybe God will reach a hand down and get me across the top of the pit. The old saying is, God helps those who help themselves. But that's not what Scripture teaches. It's a false idea. It's popular today. God helps those who help themselves. But this idea that God is only going to help us, he's only going to give his Holy Spirit, he's only going to help us at all, if we do enough to earn it, that goes way back. In fact, in ancient Greece, 2,500 years ago, The playwright Sophocles wrote this. This is 2,500 years ago. This is what people have been saying. He wrote, No good ever comes of leisure purposeless, and heaven never helps the men who will not act. Maybe you believe that. Maybe you believe that. You have to earn God's help, you have to earn God's favor, you have to earn God's love. Maybe you believe on a bad day God is really far from you because you've forsaken his help. Is that what you believe? Some people believe that maybe about the power of the Holy Spirit. I've sinned so much, the Holy Spirit had to run away. I'm all by myself. But the gospel teaches the opposite of that. The gospel teaches that God helps the helpless, that God gives grace which by definition is unearned. So we have to remember the pattern when we're looking at our verses. He loved us first, so we are loved, and we reply with love. So it is with the gift of the Holy Spirit. He gives the gift first. And then he teaches us how to walk with the gift. Verse 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments Reverse. We will love him only if he has loved us first, and we will obey if he has taught us to obey. And so the gift of the Holy Spirit is not predicated on your performance this week. Praise the Lord for that. Jesus calls us to himself. He saves us and he gives us a love for him. It's a gift. And at that moment, we get the gift of the Holy Spirit. He does not hold back this great gift until we get to a certain point on the journey. The gift of the Holy Spirit is given to God's people immediately upon salvation. And so look at what Jesus is promising to his disciples in verse 16. And I will ask the Father. And he will give you another helper to be with you forever. There are no footnotes. There is no small print on this offer. You do not have to click and say you have read through the terms and understand all of this. Notice the language. Jesus says, I will ask. I will ask. Father will give to be with you forever. So Jesus asks the Father, he does, to give his people a helper to be with us. And he did. Jesus has given us this gift. If you are in Christ Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit in you. Now for the disciples in John 14, this moment of the full giving of the Holy Spirit was in their future. This happens in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, after the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus. But for every Christian from that point forward, this is our present reality. The Holy Spirit is our gift from God. You have him now, in you, now, no matter how this morning went. And so the first thing we have to remember is that the indwelling Holy Spirit is a helper, No matter how things are going, you have a helper. So let's think about him as a helper. Verse 16. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. He is their helper at that time. And after he goes, he is going to give them another helper. So the work and ministry of Jesus and the lives of the disciples is what the Holy Spirit is going to carry on with them after he ascends into heaven. So another helper. Think about the word helper. I asked, you know, raise your hand if you've never needed help in your whole life. Raise your hand if you don't like help. Some of you, you have a hard time receiving help. Okay, so the Holy Spirit might be hard for you to, like, admit you need. You're like, I have a hard time asking for help. Who doesn't appreciate a helper? There's a lot of situations where we need to call for help. Uh, In most places in our country, if you're in an emergency, you call 911. I read an article this week about some poor uses of 911, Boy, is that a distraction. Here was one, uh, a reporter, uh, a 911 call taker uh, responded this way. It was 6.30 a.m. Christmas morning. 911 goes off and I said, 911, what's your emergency? In a breathless, panicky voice, how do I get the cranberry sauce out of the can without it coming out in chunks? And the, the uh, responder said, open the other side and slide it out on a plate. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're brilliant. Someone actually called 911 on Christmas morning to figure that out. And the other examples are too ridiculous for our time this morning. There's page after page of these. You, you've cried out, haven't you? You've been at the place where you're like, I don't know what to do, and you cry out for help. Maybe when you've cried out for help, it was as silly as opening cranberry sauce. But maybe for you this week or this year, you got to that point where you said, help! I don't know what to do. I can't believe this just happened. Help! Now who are you going to call? Who's going to be there for you? The Holy Spirit indwelling in the saints is always there for you and answers before you're finished asking. He's a helper. He's a helper. God does not offer occasional help or just emergency 911 help. He offers himself in us as a constant permanent loving helper so the holy spirit is a helper who is always with us there's so much we could talk about and over the next 4 sundays from today we'll learn many more truths about the, how the holy spirit helps christians but today for the helping part i want to consider 3 things how does the holy spirit help us he helps us with truth faithfulness and prayer 3 things truth faithfulness and prayer. First, the Holy Spirit helps us with truth. Look at verse 17. Who is Jesus going to send? Who do we have living in us? Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. So Jesus is saying when you walk through this world, there are all manner of claims of truth. Truth claim here. Truth claim there. People saying this is my truth. Are you going to believe this? Are you going to believe that? And Jesus says there's going to be someone to help you sift through all the voices, all the authorities, all the self-help books, all the announcements, all of that. Who is going to help us sift through that? Jesus says the world cannot receive the Holy Spirit, but we do receive the Holy Spirit. He is the Spirit of truth. How in the world are we going to find the truth? The Holy Spirit is our guide to the truth. In his earthly ministry, Jesus taught his followers the truth. And now every believer has the spirit of truth in us. He communicates truth to us. And this is why when you hear a really good true thing said, your heart leaps and says amen to that, because you love the truth if the spirit of truth is living inside of you. You know those moments. Oh, yes, that's true. That's beautiful. That's glorious. We were designed to affirm the truth. The Holy Spirit helps us believe the truth and deny the lies because our main enemy is a liar. Isn't that interesting? Our main enemy, Satan, is a liar, when we're going to give in to sinful temptations this week or next week or whenever it is this afternoon, for some of us, we'll be tempted in a certain way. The enemy's going to lie. And so what do we need to combat those lies? We need the truth. And praise the Lord, he's given us the spirit of truth. We will feel uncomfortable around lies. We will get uncomfortable in discussions where lies are being praised. And the Holy Spirit will help us Fight against the enemy who is the liar. But we have the spirit of truth in us. So he helps us in the truth. Along with the, the idea of truth, let me say this. Over the past few years in our country, there has been a huge loss of trust on behalf of many people in many different institutions. I'm not going to get into any particular instances, but for many people, they trust their government less. For many people, they trust government organizations less. For many people, they trust the authors and speakers they used to listen to less. For many people, they trust the podcasts and news reporters they used to listen to less. And for some people, they trust their religious leaders and church leaders less. There has been a huge deficit in many of our minds in the category of trust. And so how much more important is it that we learn to trust the Holy Spirit living in us? We really need that. If your trust has been broken in those you used to trust, you can trust God. His Holy Spirit will guide you as the spirit of truth and you will be able to trust again. And you will more and more put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ instead of in people who will inevitably fail you. And so we have the spirit of truth. He helps us in truth and boy, do we need it. Boy, do we need that. So he helps us in the truth. Second, he helps us with faithfulness. Look at verse 15 again. If you read it in the wrong order, you'll think, I have to do all this and then I'll get the helper. No, the Holy Spirit is given so that we can do, verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Well, it's hard to obey every rule, isn't it? All right, for the teenagers, how many of you love every rule your parents and teachers have ever given you? None of them said amen. If you're an adult, how many of you, like all the rules of the government and your bosses, have put on you? It's hard. And temptations are many. And the enemy wants to continue to tempt us. He is prowling around like a lion trying to see who he can destroy. And we've all sinned. And to be honest, sometimes we've enjoyed it. Obeying God is how we love him. But it's hard. So the Holy Spirit helps us obey. He helps us say no to sin. He helps us with faithfulness. On top of that, he helps us stay on track. You may remember from the book of Acts, Paul and his missionary journeys. Every once in a while, Paul is absolutely certain he's on the right track. He's going to the right place. He's doing successful ministry stuff. And he is cruising And he doesn't know what's going to come. And guess who steps in to get him on the right track? The Holy Spirit keeps us on track. In Acts 16, it says, And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been, listen to this line, forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. In other words, They were doing ministry. They were on a missions trip. And the Holy Spirit said, I've got to stop you here for God's reasons we don't know. And then it says, and when they had come to Mysia, they attempted to go to Bithynia. But the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Even when you're being faithful, not just when you're straying, even when you're being faithful, the Holy Spirit, will adjust your path to keep you safe from harm, to guide you to God's perfect plan for your life, for your season that you're in. What a gift he is. So the Holy Spirit keeps us faithful. Without the Holy Spirit, we're left to our own path. And all God's people said, oh no, (laughs) if we're left to our own path. Third, he helps us with prayer, with prayer. The word helper here, I will give you another helper, is the word for an advocate or a legal counselor. You go into a legal situation needing legal advice when you really are stuck, when you really don't know what to do. And Jesus is saying for those moments when you're so confused and you're so overwhelmed and you have no idea even what question to ask next, the helper will help you in those situations. That's our Holy Spirit. You know what moments the Holy Spirit is for? When you wake up or you open the email or you get the phone call or the doctor calls or something happens at work or your spouse or kid or parent says something and you go, oh, oh no. I don't have a clue what to do now. In that moment, the Holy Spirit was ready And we'll walk with you through it. God is not caught off guard by any of those moments. If you've had one of those moments, the Holy Spirit was right there to start comforting you with God's truth. And those are the moments when we pray or when we should pray. But even in prayer, we need help. Raise your hand if you know that at one point you prayed A perfect prayer. I mean, home run, you did it. You did, you you prayed a perfect prayer. I'm not supposed to see any hands there. We've been learning about prayer in our houses of prayer on the third Sunday of every month during our Sunday school hour. We've been getting together for corporate prayer and we've been learning from God's word. And back in March at our house of prayer, we mentioned this truth, Romans 8 Verse 26, Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So when you don't even know what to say and you only have groans, ah. The Holy Spirit fills in those words and completes a perfect prayer for you on your behalf. The Holy Spirit is active as we pray. Take a moment right now, quietly, and think of something that has made you groan recently. Just take a moment. When have you groaned? A moment of deep pain or deep confusion or deep desperation. And now, brothers and sisters in Christ, thank the Holy Spirit that he filled in that groan that you just groaned. Your prayer was perfectly heard by the Heavenly Father. And he is already at work in your heart and life, giving you what you need in your time of need. This is the Holy Spirit in us. He helps us with Prayer. We'll learn a lot more in the coming weeks, but he helps us with truth, faithfulness, and prayer because, point one, he is a helper. Amen? Amen? Amen. That would be good enough, wouldn't it? But he's not just a helper, he's a presence. Presence. As we think about this, you can have help, but not presence. Help, but not presence, is when some benefactor puts money in your bank account and you don't even know who it was or you don't know how it got there or they're not with you, but they gave you money in your bank account. You've got help, but not the presence of the person. And that's a good thing. Help without presence is good. And there's also presence without help. Like, if you came to fix my car, I would be with you, but I would have no clue what to do. I couldn't help you. In fact, I may distract you. I don't know what I'm doing. What did you just do? Actually, don't try and explain it to me. Just get it done because I will be with you in this. Presence without help is also good at times. Help without presence, presence without help. Those are both good, but the Holy Spirit is both a helper and a presence. He does both. And this is why the Holy Spirit is such a powerful gift in our lives. Look at verse 17. He's a helper, but even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. He's with us as he is helping us. He's not a distant help line, and he's not a present friend who can't help. He helps, and he is a presence. One of the most powerful things, and you know this, that you can say to another person, particularly when they're struggling with something, is, I am with you. And So the Holy Spirit says, I am with you. One of the most powerful things you can say to someone is, I will walk with you through this. Now, of course, you have to mean it. You can't just fake that. But to say, I am with you. And this is so powerful because we were designed by God to be with others. God himself is a with us God. Before we were created, we had the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in perfect, loving community. And we were created to be added into that loving community. We were created to never be alone. And so it makes sense that God would never leave us alone. His Holy Spirit is in us, present powerfully with us. I am with you. And sometimes it's hard to remember that. You feel all alone. You're giving into sin. You feel all alone. Or you're confused about a situation. You feel all alone. We are never alone. And you know what the enemy wants you to think? Satan wants you to think this week. You're all alone. And the spirit of truth is going to respond. I am with her. I am with him. And he will be with you forever. The Holy Spirit is a presence. One of the most powerful things we can say, God has already said to us, I am with you. And this is a gift for all believers. The beginning of verse 15, if you love me, and then 17, it says the world cannot receive. Prior to faith, we cannot know the Holy Spirit. We cannot choose the Holy Spirit. He must regenerate us first, which is next week's sermon. But before faith, we're like the world. We're lonely and blind. We're truly all by ourselves. We're truly unable to see spiritual truths. And so his presence is a gift that we receive by grace. And presence is the greatest gift, or to be wittier, the best present is presence. I'm sure someone made that into a bumper sticker already. The best present is presence. Let me paint a picture for what God is doing when he says, my Holy Spirit will be with you. Let me paint this picture. And let me prove to you from something I saw yesterday that presence is so much more important than presents with a T.S. I was at a birthday party yesterday and my daughter was there, right? And there was a big table and there was a whole bunch of gifts on the table. A whole bunch of unopened presents. And what was the birthday girl doing? she was in a different room running around with all her friends. The presence of her friends was so much more valuable than the gifts, the presents on the table. The best present is presence. You know that from others who love you and you know that from those who you love. And so the Holy Spirit gives us the greatest gift, his presence with us No matter what. The best present is presence. God has promised, I will be with you. I will sit with you. I will cry with you. I will listen to you. I will eat with you. I will walk with you. And So God's presence is an invaluable gift. You are never, ever alone. Well, two thoughts on the presence of the Holy Spirit in us. Two thoughts as we wrap up our message this morning. From this gift, Jesus gives us of the Holy Spirit, two thoughts. First, he is committed to us. The Holy Spirit is committed to us. And second, he's on mission with us. He's committed to us and he's on mission with us. Briefly, the presence of the Holy Spirit. First, he's committed. Uh, Think about Christianity. Think about how many people view religion or religious people or how many people uh, view Christianity. I just finished this uh, book this week from the Oxford mathematician, John Lennox. And he's over in Oxford and he talks to a whole bunch of really, really smart atheists all the time. And he has all these opportunities to share the gospel with them. But one of the things he says he does in his book is he asks them, what do they think religion is? And he makes them say what they think religion is, particularly what they think Christianity is. And he hears what they say, and often he will share this story. Let me read briefly the story he shares. He says this, because of what they think religion is. He says, imagine that I meet a girl, fall in love with her, and decide to propose. I approach her and give her a gift-wrapped parcel. She asks what it is, and I tell her, open it, and I'll explain. She finds in it a popular cookbook. She expresses appreciation, and then I say to her that the book is full of rules and instructions on how to do excellent cooking. Now, I really like her and would like her to be my wife, and so I say to her that if she keeps the rules and instructions and cooks for me to a very high standard for, say, the next 40 years... Then I will think about accepting her. And if not, she can go back home to her mom. He admits it's ridiculous and he says, And if she threw the cookbook at me, I would not even have gotten what I deserved. But he says to his friends, Is that what you think of God? Is that what you think of religion? that you've got to follow all the rules perfectly or he will give up in his commitment to you. He says to them, you don't understand Christianity at all. Jesus gives the gift of the Holy Spirit at the start of the relationship and he is permanently committed to us even if we fail. That's the gospel. That's Christianity. The presence of the Holy Spirit in us is a perfect commitment. And he will not fail us. He'll be with us the whole journey. God with us. Emmanuel, God in us. So, he's with us. He's committed. And second and finally, he is with us on the mission. Jesus sends his disciples on the Great Commission and then sends the Holy Spirit later. And later in the book of John, we read this. Jesus says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So Jesus is saying that when he ascends into heaven, he's going to send the Holy Spirit as our helper and it will be better for us that this happens because Jesus has ascended to the right hand of the Father, but the Holy Spirit is in us forever, with us, interceding from within. And the gift of the Holy Spirit is how the mission continues. Jesus came to reveal the Father and his ministry now continues by the work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus revealed the Father to geographical Israel and the Holy Spirit carries that mission to the world through his people. Jesus taught the word of God and the Holy Spirit guided the completion of the New Testament. And the Holy Spirit is here now guiding our hearts to understand what is being preached and taught from God's word. The interpretation and the ministry of God's word is going out now to the whole world by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, is powerfully empowering the mission that Jesus has sent us on. We're to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to the whole world. We're on the mission. We are the church, which is revealing the Father to the world around us. And so on our mission of evangelism, let's remember that the world around us is lonely and blind. The world around us is all alone and they're confused. And before faith, we too were lonely and confused, truly lonely, truly confused. So let's remember to ask the Lord for compassion on those we are bringing God's good news to. The Holy Spirit is in us, on mission with us, but the Father's heart and Jesus' heart and the Holy Spirit's heart for those who are lost is one of great compassion. They are alone. They are confused. So may God give us compassion for those who do not know Jesus and his hope yet. This week, pray for one person you know who isn't a Christian and ask God to give you the words to say and the heart of Christ for them in their situation. So that maybe one day they'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit too, by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And then they will have the powerful helper and present God with them. The indwelling Holy Spirit is a helper and a presence. He promises to help us this week, and you need him. He promises to be present with us this week, so you will not be alone for one second this week. You can have help, but not presence. You can have presence, but not help. But thank the Lord for sending us the Holy Spirit, because he is both a helper and a presence. It's really a blessing. He really is a gift. He is a treasure. He is a helper. He is present with us. So brothers and sisters in Christ, may God help us receive the gift of the Holy Spirit by grace through faith in Christ. Let me pray. Father, we confess as a church that we aren't always sure how to talk about your Holy Spirit. That sometimes we live and think and act as if your Holy Spirit isn't even in us. Father, forgive us for forgetting that your Holy Spirit is in us even now. Help us continue to receive your glorious gift, your Holy Spirit, as he lives in us. Help us go to him first for help and help us remember his presence within our hearts, even as we sing our final song. Thank you for loving us so much that you would not leave us alone or leave us helpless.